man, you talk about humbling. First of all, I, I, I'm, we, we are very humbled and we're very thankful for that. But I want to point you to Jesus. I want to point you to the Father. I want to point you to the Holy Spirit because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God himself is the one that, that I have to give all praise and glory for it. Listen, if you look at me, I'm going to let you down. If you look at us, we're going to let you down. We don't want to let you down. It's just we're human. So we want to point you to Jesus. Could we give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning? We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Wow. How, 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 do, you, how do you follow that up? Shelly and I started 22 years ago. Maybe some of you have heard our story. Maybe you haven't. I thought I would be a Christian businessman. I was working for a corporation in, in North Carolina. And I, um, I had about $26 million worth of the company's money that I spent every year. It was really nice to spend somebody's money other than your own. But I'd never spent it on anything that I was doing or wanted. I always spent it on fruits and vegetables for the other companies that we supplied. I was what would, you would call a category manager. I, um, I started out when I was in high school. I started working for a grocery store. I did not know God. I did not know God. I knew of God, but I did not know God. Um, I, I was going to go to college and be a, a law enforcement officer. And um, I was working 40 hours a week plus, and then I was carrying 15 credit hours a week plus at school, and I couldn't do it. It was just too much. I couldn't carry 15 credit hours a week. So I dropped a class and was carrying 12 hours of credit hours a week, and it was still very difficult. I was working at a television station that some of you may know this guy, Ted Turner, owned this television station. It was called WRETV in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I was working for him, uh, working at that station. Um, I had gone to school for radio and television. Um, I didn't want to be this. I would always wanted to be behind the scenes, the camera. Um, I used to operate a camera at the news when you'd see news and stuff, you know, and, and the 6 o'clock news and 11 o'clock news, I would operate a camera. I was behind the scenes. And then I got promoted to a, a, a it's called a, a video switcher where we ran commercials and the, the network shows came and I would work all night long, fall asleep at night because I was trying to study for my college courses and I'd fall asleep at night. And I remember one time the nobody was in the station except for the engineer and myself. And I had fallen asleep with my head down on the panel. And there was, we showed these movies when you're up all night, there's these movies. Well, they called the station because the, at that time we have a film projector and that film projector was going. So three o'clock in the morning, I'm over there sleeping. And he comes out and goes, Eric, Eric, wake up, wake up. So the movie's going, there's nothing on the screen except for you could see the projector, you know, film kind of hitting those things. And and life was was difficult. Life was hard. And 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 I thought, well, maybe I, I really truly wanted to work for ESPN. That it was a new station that was coming online, and I wanted to work for ESPN. And this this guy that was above me worked for 
um, he was a director for the news channel, and, and he ended up going to work for ESPN. And I thought, well, there's my avenue to get to ESPN. But they kept promoting me in the grocery business. They, they kept promoting me. I was faithful. I would come to work. I, I would work long hours. I would work till midnight and then come back at 6 in the morning. I would just, whatever they wanted, I would do. And, and I was willing to do that. And and the whole time, I, I didn't, most of the time, I didn't have a relationship with God. And, and I was working in the retail end. And I remember this one guy that was stocking the dairy. You know, Josh, he was the dairy, you know, not frozen like you are, but he was doing the dairy. And his name was James. And, and James was a believer. I didn't know what a believer was back then. He was a believer. And he would always talk to me about, you know, my relationship and Christ. And he was always upbeat and he was happy. And, you know, he kept telling me, I said, James, how you doing today? And he was like, I'm just waiting around for the trumpet to sound. I had no idea what that meant. You know, but there's a scripture that that says that the, the dead in Christ shall rise when the trump of the sound, sound of the trumpet, the dead in Christ shall rise. And, and he was just kind of waiting, waiting on Jesus. And at that time, I didn't know. And, and James was a good guy, and I felt like I was morally good, but I just uh, was just barely struggling to get th- make things uh, happen in my life. And I just had, I had one thing that, that really began to start shifting my life, and, and, and I... Uh, I went to a church service with James, and I got born again. I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and and um, I was it shared with you last week. I think I was buying and supplying, and drove the drove uh, was driving home that night. Rolled my window down and threw it out of the out on the highway. You're with me. A week later, I was going. Where where did I throw that out at? I where 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 is that at? What section was that? I was trying to go back and get into those things. So. And um, I wanted to be a good man, but I, I, I really didn't know the things of God. And I struggled because I was beginning to learn and grow in the things of God. And then my past was catching up with me. And there were situations in my past. And I could go through the a whole thing about how, you know, when you do something in your past, Ray, it, it can come back on you. You know what I mean? And it can come back. And you got to deal with those things. And I want to encourage you that if there's something that you need to deal with in your past, let's deal with it so we can get past it. Are you with me? Let's put it in the rearview mirror. You've heard me preach that it's better for you to look out of the windshield. God wants you to look out of the windshield and just glance at your rearview mirror. Okay, Your windshield's a whole lot bigger than your rearview mirror is because a lot of times we get caught looking in our past and seeing our past and living in our past and God never wanted us to live in our past. He wants us to live in the now. He wants us to know that he has plans for us, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Somebody say hope. He wants to give us hope and he wants to give us a future and we've got to continue to look at that future. And I was a driven person. I, I still am pretty driven. Those of you that, that know me and that work with me that, you know, I'm always trying to, when I'm working, I'm always trying to put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five-pound sack. I'm like, we can do this and we can do it more and let's do it faster and let's do it longer and let's do it harder and let's, let's do it, let's do it. And we're doing it and doing it. And, 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 and sometimes it can be really frustrating when things don't happen the way you want it to happen. So I, like... Like Mary, I had to let God 
have some things and not have control over certain things in my life and say, okay, God, I'm not going to try to control that. How many of you know you try to control everything in your, in your, in your life? You're going to go bonkers, sir. Right? You're going you're gonna to go bonkers. And, and, and you just, there are some things. I can't control the weather. I'm sorry it got cold this morning, but I want to thank you guys for being able to come here because some of you probably are like, man, I want to just stay in bed up under my covers and it was warm and it was good in there. And, you know, okay, how about if we just have some hot chocolate? Well, you can do that today. Amen. You can do that this afternoon and you can just kind of chill out and relax and, and be able to do those things and just be able to, to, to say, okay, God, how, how do you want to help today? What is it that you want from me today? So last week, we started talking about the thoughts we have. Before I get into that, I want to thank Catherine. Catherine, thank you so very much. She taught Wednesday night, and we watched it online. We, we watched it online. We were at a conference all week last week, and, of course, you can probably know that I'm filled up. You know, I'm filled up to overflowing. It was, it's a different conference. It's, um, it's, it's about spiritual warfare. It's about what's taking place over the United States and in other nations of the world. There's not only every United State or every state in the United States represented, but there's what 50 or 65 states now I think that are or, or, excuse me countries that are represented. So there were representatives from all around the world at this conference that we went to, and I'm telling you what what I kept hearing the theme was that God's moving. God is moving. Even though we don't see it, even though, or, or some of you may see it, but even though we may not look at it and realize that it's God that's doing some things in our lives, He is moving in the lives of not only His people, but people that don't know Him. There are people from different nations that are coming to Christ by, by, by thousands and up to 200,000. We heard a report. They had 200,000 in Pakistan, wasn't it? Just last week that gave their life to Christ. And, and how many of you know, let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's pretty amazing. We had a water baptism at our pool um, before we closed it down. And I love doing that. And people have, have told me, they're like, you know, there's some of you that have been baptized at our pool. And, and, and I'm grateful for that. And on our other pool that we had at our other house. And they're like, you know, oh, Pastor Eric's got a pool. But yeah, how many of you know, I use it for God's glory. Can I get an amen? So when, and that's the thing, when we look at that, it's like, God, look at what you're doing. And, and it's always, we always want to point you to Jesus. The Bible says he's the, the author and the finisher of our faith. So I want you, if you see us, to look for Jesus. Because I'm going to let you down. I'm going to disappoint you. Your expectations can be certain things of me. And I'm going to. I'm not going to meet those expectations, so forgive me where I've not met the expectations in the past and maybe even in the future, in the present or the future. We don't want to do it. We don't want to hurt you. We, we want you to be able to grow, and we want you to be able to, 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 to grow and mature in the things of God. We want you to, I love what, what Ray said, to, to live life with life, right, as life. Well, was I was like, I wrote it down over there. I was like, I got to write this down. So, you know, we, we taught him how to live life as life or something like that. But it was like, it, we want you to be able to live life. How many of you know this life is hard? No, no, you didn't hear me. It, it can be hard. It can be difficult. 
There's times where you can struggle and you can fight and you don't think you're going anywhere and you're pushing and, and pushing and pushing against the rock or like the picture is right here. The, the woman is just going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I thinking about? And there, there's life can be so difficult and life can be so hard. And then all of a sudden there's a moment in our life where we say, wait a minute, I can begin to rise above the difficulty and the hardship that this life has because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and because i've got jesus come on on the inside of me the holy spirit is moving and working and talking to me and because i've got god in my life that i can wait a minute i can overcome what yesterday brought and i can step in to what god has for me today can i get an amen so proverbs 23 7 says as a man thinks in his heart so is he It's not just about your thoughts. It's not just about your ideas. It's not just about hearing something. Years ago, when I was younger, I would would imitate somebody that I saw on television. Dynamite! (laughs) You, You would hear something or you would see a TV show or you would watch a program or something like that. And then those were the things that you would imitate because we would think like that or we would would operate like that. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we talked about the, the Hebrew word, what it was, Josh, was it was, it was a gate. That your mind is, is like a gate over your heart. That what you think about, what you dwell on, what you focus on, you are gravitated to. What you look at. Anybody ever been driving down the street? Driving down the street, I'm driving down the street, and I'm looking over. I do it a lot. Shelly's like, what happened? Because I run off the road. <laughs> you know, when you're, <laughs> when anybody know about the side shoulders of the road, they got those little track mark things, you know, and then you're kind of driving down the street, and you're looking at a cloud over there. What happens to your steering wheel when you're looking to the right? Your car goes to the right, doesn't it? If you're driving along and you're looking over to the left, All of a sudden, what happens? You start drifting over. You know why? Because as you think in your mind, as you think in your heart, as you begin to look and focus on what you focus on, you're gravitated to. Hello? If you continually think you're no good, if you continually think that life is over, if you continually think there's no way I'm going to be able to overcome this pain and this hurt, then guess what? You're not going to overcome that pain and that hurt. Without a miracle of God, come on. So when, and he says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's like a gateway. And we talked last week about how important your thoughts were. Anybody think about how important their thoughts were? (laughs) Who's going to give me a report of how important your thoughts were? Like, no, no, I'm not getting up there now. But we think about our thoughts. We think about our thoughts. We think about our thoughts and where our thoughts go. You know, the Bible's real clear on this. You would think that that if you thought about good things and you thought about your money, your treasure, and if you thought about those things, that, you know, your money would go towards those ministries. But you know where your heart goes? The Bible says your heart goes where your treasure is. So where you're putting money, what you're putting money into, what you're spending money on, that's where your heart goes. Are you with me? Oh, come on, somebody. Years ago, I, I spent money on drugs or I spent money on alcohol. And guess where my heart was going? Right? I was going to get enjoyment off of that alcohol. Why? Because I spent a bunch of money on that alcohol. I'm going to get my money's worth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Who knows what I'm talking about? Anybody willing to admit that they know what I'm talking about? So when you, when you do that, see, whatever you're focusing on, whatever you're putting your money in, whatever you're thinking about, that's what you're going to be gravitated to. So the Bible says that when we, we want to be the righteousness, we are the righteousness of God. And when you focus on being the righteousness of God, you're going to be the righteousness of God. If you're more sin consciousness and you're conscious about your sin, then that's all that's going to matter to you. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you from an experience, I could sit down as a young man and, and I would drink a lot of alcohol, preferably beer. That's what I did. I drank it and drank it and drank it and I'd think about it during the day so I could drink about it at night. Oh, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? They don't even know what I'm talking about. Let me talk to somebody that's online that's listening to us that you know what I'm talking about. We think about it and we think about it and we think about it and then we got to have it. Oh, come on. It's no different whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex or pornography or or anything else, the more you begin to think about it, the more your thoughts are turned towards it, the more you're going to gravitate to it, and then you're going to have it. Or will it have you? So everybody say, my thoughts. Our thoughts can reveal our spiritual state. How much time do we think about the Word of God? How much time do we think about His principles? How much time do we say, wait a minute, I used to, I used to think about my eighth grade school teacher that told me I would never amount to nothing. And that's what all seemed to matter to me all the way through through high school or into college or, or, or when I was in Bible school or and, and studying to get my master's. And, and it was like all those things, those thoughts, I had to overcome those thoughts because I never thought I could rise up above it. I never thought that I would even make anything of myself. And I always wanted, I had this, this tension between I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And sometimes I thought I could do about everything. I had one of a guy that I worked for. He came up to me one time and he said, Eric. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're like Ford, Ford automobiles. I said, really? How so? He said, you always got a better idea. He, I, hey, he worked for Kroger. I was working for Kroger. He was, told me there was one way, and it was the Kroger way. But I had better ideas. Oh, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had better ideas. I was thinking you could do it this way or you could do it that way. And he said, no, no, you don't understand me. There's one way. And it's the right way. And it's the Kroger way. And the sooner you can get on board with that, the sooner you can get promoted. Oh, come on, somebody. So I realized, hey, guess what? Lon, it's the one way. The Kroger way. I started doing the Kroger way. And guess what happened? How many of you know there's one way? It's really not the Kroger way. There's one way, and it's God's way. And when you get on board with God's way, there's one way. And when you get on board with that one way, then guess what can happen? We can rise above the situations and the circumstances that are in our life. Do you ever think about your motives? Do you ever think about being honest with yourself? Do you ever think about transparency? Do you ever think about those things? You know, the Bible says confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. I confess my sin to my wife. I confess my sin to, to, to my God. Are you with me? I confess my sin to others, and I want to be able to receive healing, and I want to be able to have my thoughts healed. I want to have my desires healed. I want to have my body healed. Oh, come on, somebody. I want to have my emotions healed. So my testimony was my thought process. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Your mind's got to be renewed. But I'm here to tell you, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You could probably go into my office and look around and see some of the things I think about. There's some God stuff in there, but, you know, there's some Minnesota Viking stuff in there, too. You know, but and, and, and I look at I look at the God stuff and, and that's that's in there. And I want I have a heart after God and I want to point you to God. I don't want to point you to us. I don't want to point you to Shelly. I don't want to point you to the other pastors. They're all there to help you. But it's got to be pointing you to Jesus. We've got to have unity. Somebody said something about unity. It's unity that we've got to be pointing you, Mary. We're pointing you to Jesus. We're going to point you to Jesus. Tell somebody we're pointing you to Jesus. Come on, tell them we're pointing you to Jesus. Do you ever think about your character? Do you, do you ever think about your brain? Do you ever think about your heart? Do you, you know, there's some things in the Word of God I don't understand. But I don't understand brain surgery either. But I'm going to trust a brain surgeon if he's going to do the best he can to work on me. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to trust God in the midst of the things that I don't understand. Let me give you a couple, a couple points today and let's, let's take a look at some things because your thoughts, say this after me, my thoughts, say, come on, say my thoughts can change my growth and I can mature and be all God wants me to be. My thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. We've said, we've, we've looked at it. We've said, wait a minute, the how I'm thinking, how I'm operating, what I do. I'm telling you, if, if you think about Jerry Brace's chocolate cake, and I keep talking about Jerry Brace's chocolate cake, I'm hoping Jerry will think about that and have a thought about eventually making his chocolate cake, and we can have Jerry Brace's chocolate cake. Can I get an amen? So, but obviously, he's not thinking about the chocolate cake. We think about the chocolate cake maybe more than he thinks about the chocolate cake. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Let me give you a few scriptures, and I'll have you, and I'll have you go with me to 2 Corinthians 10, um, if you want to turn there. But 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says this. Come on, read it with me. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. What? Think like a child. What? reason like a child when i became a man i put away childish things or did away with childish things paul was talking about the church in corinth and they were experiencing a lot of things spiritual gifts and preaching praying prophesying and people just doing whatever they want to do and they were bringing in a gnosticism which was which is a whole nother teaching. They were trying to bring that into the church and they were trying to mix it up with the things of Christ and the newness and the freedom that the church had. And Paul was saying, hey, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child. Hey, do da da ba 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 ga go boo-boo. ga de 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 boo ba de da ga go boo-boo. Right? We used to talk like a child. He's like, okay, what are they saying? How many of you know when you get older, you begin to don't talk like a child? But a lot of times we don't change the way we think. Ouch. A lot of times we're 20, but we're still thinking like a three-year-old. Or we're 25 and we're only thinking like a 15-year-old. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, parents, there, there's just issues that happen when children go through maturity. Are you with me? Mine didn't happen until I was um, um, 20. (laughs) 
So I, I, I didn't want to think like a child, but my, my body was never catching up to the way I was trying to think. Are you with me? But he was talking about, he said, when I was a child, man, I used to speak like a child. I used to talk like a child. I used to think like a child. He said, but what? Now I became a man and I've what? I got to put away some of those childish things. Look, some of you that weren't in here beforehand, I was playing around with the worship team and I got behind the keyboard and I was acting goofy and they were laughing and joy was coming in and my wife was probably thinking, what a child. <laughs> I'm going to act like a child because I enjoy life, but I'm not going to become a child. I'm going to still be a man. Can I get an amen? It doesn't mean you can't have fun. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. I love to enjoy life. I sing sometimes just to aggravate my wife so she'll turn the music up a little louder or worship a little bit louder or say, honey, the dogs next door are barking. Can you kind of quiet down a little bit? Whatever that is, I give her a hard time about that. But, but we enjoy each other, and that doesn't mean I, 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 I shouldn't do that. I want to enjoy life, and but there are some things that when I grow and mature, that in the Word of God, He wants us to 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 go from from being a, a child like Jesus did, a babe, an infant in the manger, to the wheels of God. There's four Greek words that talks about a child or children, okay, sons of God, and nepios is the one that's a babe in a manger. So when you see, there's the babe, little babe in the manger. How many of you know Jesus didn't end up as just the babe in the manger? He went through a process, and it's nepios, paedion, technon, and he came into the wheels of God. There is, the, there is a, a babe when they're, they're small. There's a little bitty baby like Bianca's got the little baby that, you know, that's an, an, an infant. And then you go from a place of being an infant, John, to you go to a, a place of being a toddler. And you go from a toddler into what? Like a teenager. And then you go from a teenager. You're not supposed to stay as a teenager. Come on. You're supposed to grow and mature into the wheels of God. So when you see Jesus to start with, and he's the babe, the infant in the, in the, in the manger, and we, you know, we celebrate that at this Christmas time, and we talk about the babe in the manger, babe in the manger. A few years ago, you guys heard me say the babe in the manger grew up. We now can have something other than baby food. We can begin to have milk. Then we can have meat. Are you with me? We, 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 we go from a process of growing up. And how many of you know it's not just physically that we grow up, Terry. We've got to grow up in our mind. We've not only got to grow up in our mind. What about your thoughts? And this is what I'm after. When he said I used to, I, used, I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. This is a Greek word, logosemio, and it's actually where you get the, the root word logos. The logos is the word that is spoken, okay? So I was a child, and I began to speak. And we, don't, we don't come in and say, goo, goo, ga, 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 ga. We don't speak like a child any longer, do we? Use your words. <laughs> Use your words. What do you need? I am hungry. Right? We don't, we don't use that. That spoken word is that, that logosomia. And what that is, it's a reasoning. It's a mental, it's a mental reasoning. It's a mental faculty in our mind. It can also be something said that we begin to grow up. So there is a maturity through our thoughts. 
There's a maturity that we need to move to a place. I had to move to a place that I thought the drugs and alcohol aren't good for me. I'm not condemning you. But the drugs and alcohol aren't good for me. Some of you might be involved in pornography. Guess what? The pornography is not good for you. Some of you might be involved in anger and bitterness. The anger and bitterness is not good for you. There's got to be a place where we mature in our thinking and saying, if I always do what I've always done, I'm always going to get what I always got. And I was a bonehead then. I'm going to be a bonehead now unless I change what I'm doing about being a bonehead. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you. He is not talking about you. You're not a bonehead. But, but think about our thoughts. Think about our thoughts. Am I telling the truth here? Is it right? When you think about some things, it can become that way. That's why you can hear something that's not true, and you can hear it so much, and you think about it, it can become reality to you. Perception becomes reality in the absence of knowledge. Perception becomes reality in the absence of knowledge. What you perceive it to be can become real to you if you don't know that it's not real. All right? Fear is false evidence appearing real. The enemy's trying to get you to operate in fear. God says, I want you to operate in faith. And where does that happen? It's going to happen here because it controls the gate for this. Oh, come on. It controls the gate for this. You're going to operate in faith. I'm going to be in faith. I'm going to rise up in faith. I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. I'm going to believe the truth of the word of God that says, I am a child of the most high God. I'm the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you're like, come on, pastor. You're not jumping off the top of that building. You said you can do all things. And I'm not going to tempt the Lord thy God. Are you with me? But I'm going to to be able to do all things. He says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A lot of times I want to do it in and of my own self and not through Christ. So 1 Corinthians 14.20. Let's take a look at this real quick. 1 Corinthians 14.20. It says, brethren, do not be children in your... Come on, everybody. Do not be children in your... But yet in evil be infants. It's saying, look, there's going to be some evil thoughts, but just be a baby about those. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, hey, be, 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 be in your evil thinking, be infant. Don't let it mature. Don't let it grow. Don't let it go in there. He said, but be mature in your thinking or in your thinking, be mature. And this doesn't mean that, that, that we're just to, to be children in our growth, but it also means that we're supposed to mature in our moral character. Just not growing physically, okay? Because I'm growing. <laughs> I'm growing sometimes. A good chocolate cake, Pastor Jerry. I get to grow a little bit. Are you with me? But he, he wants us to me to grow mentally. He wants me to grow in my thinking. Where are you growing in your thinking? Where are you going in your thinking? Because a lot of times you may be looking at or watching or dwelling on or thinking about that there's no way that you're going to be able to do this. I'm here to tell you, God wants you to break out, somebody. God wants you to break out. He wants you to break out from where you are. He wants you to break out on those thoughts. He wants you to say, wait a minute, I know the enemy doesn't want me to do it, so I'm going to step out and do it. I think I can do this. I think I can be this. I can step out on this. I can break this addiction, this bondage in my life, and I can overcome. Why? Because because the Bible says I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. And I can overcome those things that come against me. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise in this house today. 
Philippians 4, 8 says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on that which is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Wow. Let's look at this again. So keep your thoughts, what? Continually fixed on all of that that's authentic and real. When's the last time you said, that's not real? Our grandkids watch a movie. I got to say, listen, listen, that movie, that's not a real life story. That's not real. You understand there's a difference. It's, re it's not real. It's not real. That's not how life is supposed to be. Come on. That's not how it's going to be when you grow up. That's not real. It says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on that which is authentic and real. Have you thought about what's real? Have you thought about what's honorable? Have you thought about what's admirable or beautiful? Are you thinking on those things? I mean, women, they look in the mirror. Guys look in the mirror and go, mm, this extra 20 pounds, I'm like, I'm stood. I'm stood, right? Come on, that's what we do, don't we? That's me. Mm. Huh. And we're like, oh, I got a receding hairline. That's all right, man, because I still look good. Huh. And women, they're like, oh, I got a wrinkle. <laughs> Men look in the mirror and go, I'm beautiful, I'm stood. <clears throat> and women, they're like, I'm ugly. I got a little wrinkle. And we're going, that is not the truth. Are you with me? Come on, this, I could feel the Holy Spirit attached to this. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, I am beautiful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made just like God has made you. And he don't make no junk. Come on, ladies. You go in there and go, I got a hair out of place. With your hair out of place, you're still beautiful. When's the last time we thought about being beautiful? When's the last time we thought about being respectful? What's the last time we thought about being pure? When's the last time we thought about being holy? When was the last time that we had our thoughts on the glorious work of God? You know what? I was going to do that, and I could probably go out and hang out with you tonight, and, and, then, and then it's midnight, and they call me up, and it's time to do some cork, coke, snort a line, do a shoot-up, whatever it might be. Are you with me? But I'm not doing that. Why? Because that was then. This is now. And I'm thinking, about the glorious work that God is doing in me. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to pass on that tonight. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go away and walk out of what that enemy thought he had me now, and I'm going to walk into the glorious work that God has for me, and I'm going to give God praise always. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hey, Steve, would you come on up? Would you come on up and play? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says... For though we live in the world, we do not wage war the way the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we do what? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 
I had somebody say, what about my thoughts? How do I handle my thoughts? My thoughts are running wild. Woo! I just been thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about that and this and that and this and that. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on, number one, how bad you have been in the past that you can't rise up and be the things that God wants you to be in the future, that you can't rise up and say, wait a minute, I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I can overcome this situation. I can overcome this hurt. I can overcome this pain. I can overcome this this relationship issues in my life. I can begin to overcome that. Why and how we take those captive. Let me give you the, the, the passion translation. I just like the name, the passion translation. But the more I read it, the more I like how and what it says. It says, for although we live in the natural realm... We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle defenses behind which people hide. What can we do with that? We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. How are we going to do that? We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Now Paul is using this concept of prisoner it war because the, in in our case the prisoners are held captive where in our mind you're not in prison hallelujah <laughs> but maybe we have some prison going on in the way we think maybe we are captured by and and held by faulty patterns of thought faulty patterns of thought if we have these faulty patterns of thought and then we're also captured by the authority that God has and you know the authority that God's given you as believers and followers of Christ here's what I know there's two things real quick before we close that can produce success and victory in your life Number one, I think we next slide, Mike, if you want to bring them up. There's two things. Everybody say two things. There's two things that I want to give you. Number one is this. Take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Very simply, how do you do that? When you have a thought that your eighth grade school teacher, or it could have been a college professor, or it could have been somebody else, it could have been a parent. That said, you're no good. You'll never amount to anything. That's not what God thinks about you. You've got to take captive that thought. In other words, you've got to grab that thought and say, Ah, remember, my mind is a gateway to my... Everybody kind of do like this. It's a gateway to my heart. Right? Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So my mind's that gateway, and this thought comes in, and I grab this thought that says, Thank you for today. Because I've had those thoughts come in that says, 
you're not a very good pastor. You don't call people when they should. You don't show up at their houses, even if it's COVID. The other day, somebody was going in the hospital, and Shelly said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to the hospital. She's like, Eric, you can't. I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it because I wanted to go to be at the hospital with them because that's what I do. That's, that's what we do. So if we take those thoughts captive and, and we say, look, is this what the Word of God says? See, I want you to read the Word of God and find out what God says about you. When you find out what He says about you and how much He loves you and the things that you can do as a son or a daughter of the Most High God, then guess what? That's what we put our thoughts on. See, I didn't know I could get out of the bondage. I didn't know I could get out of the generational addiction to alcohol from my family. You know why? Because I kept hearing the, the same old Hank Williams Jr. song. It's a family tradition. Right? I'm Irish. It's a culture of anger. Oh, come on, somebody. You ever been labeled the angry redhead? You got red hair. Why? Because you're Irish and because you're angry. So I grew up being I was part Irish and I had red hair and I was always angry. So how do you overcome those thoughts by finding out what the word of God says? By then saying, wait a minute, God, you don't say I'm an angry, red-headed Irish person. You say I'm a child of the most high God. You say, I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. Come on. I declared that I was blessed when I didn't have two nickels to rub and I was waiting on a chicken bone you know, that I could just finish the meat off the end of the chicken bone. Come on, somebody, because I was hungry. And then I look at it and I, I say, okay, God, I got to take captive those thoughts. And the second thing I want to give you tonight, today real quick is living in the kingdom. And we're learning that about on that on Wednesdays. What's the kingdom like? What's it look like? There's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is not made up of Jerry's chocolate cake. It's not, y'all. I know it's good stuff, but it's not made up of Pastor Jerry's chocolate cake. It's not made up of steak and baked potatoes. It's not made up of the great good things that you like to eat or drink or have. Are you with me? It's made up of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Why don't you stand to your feet today? I want you to say this after me. You guys ready? You guys shake it off, shake it off. I know I've given you a lot to think about today, and that's really part of what I wanted to do. I want you to declare this after me. Say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I live in the natural realm, but I'm a supernatural person. I have supernatural weapons. They are energized with divine power. They dismantle everything that comes against God. I take my thoughts captive. I make them obedient to the word of God. If it's God saying it, it's in. If it's not him saying it, it's out. The thoughts and plans and schemes of the enemy are out in Jesus' name. I bow in obedience to Christ. 
I bind my thoughts to the thoughts of God. I bind my will to the will of God. I loose wrong thinking to go from me. Go, go now in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Here's your assignment for next week. What about those thoughts? When they come in, pull them down. Wait a minute, that, that's, no, that's not a thought. It might have been a good saying. There are some people that have good sayings, and they're like, that's not biblical. <laughs> there may be a saying that you're used to. That's not biblical. My mom used to say, do as they do in Rome. What does that mean? It's kind of broad stroke. Are you with me? Then I found out about the Roman culture, and I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to hang out and do what the Romans do. Are you with me? So there's some sayings sometimes that we pick up from our culture or from our families, and that's not it. Let me pray with you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we've decreed and we've declared some things. I thank you that we're going to begin to think about our thoughts. And I thank you that you're going to help us this week. Holy Spirit, you help us to be able to hear what we need to hear, to be able to let go what needs to be let go, let, to be let go of. And we just release that right now in Jesus' name. I declare and decree that we do have the mind of Christ and we think God's thoughts and we'll have God's plans and we'll have God's blessings upon our life and we'll give God the praise and glory for it. I I thank you that we think that our all things are possible to him that believe and because we're believers there are things possible to us that we can begin to access freedom oh come on somebody we can begin to access freedom in our lives we can access freedom in our minds we can access freedom in, in our hearts right now and we can begin to walk in righteousness and joy and of the holy spirit and we thank you father that we walk in those things that you have us walk into today we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us that no matter what the enemy says our life is over it's a mess you should have done something different it's, it doesn't matter God because you're on the throne and we declare and decree that we're seated with you with Jesus at the right hand of the Father and we're praying and we're believing and we're standing and we're walking forward today and we believe God as we go forth today that man I'm going to walk into a place and say wait a minute here comes the Son of God I'm here I'm here the child of God is here Father's on the throne. What do you need done today? And God, we thank you that you're going to begin to release your goodness and your grace on everybody here listening to us online and with us presently. We plead the blood of Jesus over you. Walk forth in his power and his might in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We bless you guys. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. We thank you very much. We want to point you to Jesus today. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.